At TQ, we aim to inspire trust through providing individuals with the tools needed to test and prove who they are in real time. In today's episode, climate risk and investment professional, Tekka, talks about the biggest risks to the climate today and what the financial risks are that could come from trying to mitigate them. So I'm Pekka Perainen. I am an associate at Climate Risk Services. I've been working in the field of climate risk management for about uh, seven years. In practice, that means working with companies and financial institutions to understand the financial risks uh, resulting from climate change on their investments or on their operations, uh, be that either through their transition to a lower carbon economy and some of the risks and opportunities that are emerging from that side, or the actual physical impacts from climate change, such as increased heat waves, droughts or hurricanes, and how that might come back and bite them. So how did you get into doing what you do? Funnily enough, I went to a lecture about uh, 10 years ago. I think it must have been in 2010. Uh, That was meant to be on the the financial crisis. This was at a point where we were just in the midst of of, of kind of the, the waves following the 2008 financial crisis. I was going to lecture on on emerging regulatory frameworks, as you do. And actually, the the lecture turned out to be about uh, climate change and the risks of climate change to the financial system. Uh, And it was one of those moments in, 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 you know, the course of my life where I thought everything just turned around. It was like a a lightning bolt hit me. I recognized that this was going to be one of the defining challenges of our time. I got really interested in the topic, started studying loads around it, got involved in, in various different political activity that, that related to climate change. And through various twists and turns, I kind of ended up uh, working with a small startup that, that looked at climate risks and, and building associated investment products. And that sort of kicked off my career in the space. And I said, since then, I've been doing it for quite a few years. So what would you say the biggest risks currently are to the climate? Uh, sure. So I guess there's this kind of two components to that question. I mean, there, are, there are the risks to the climate, right? And then there are the risks resulting from the climate to financial institutions and corporates, right? In industry parlance, there's this concept of, of double materiality. Uh, so on the one hand, you've got the impacts and the risks to the climate. And then on the other hand, you've got the risks of, of the changing climates uh, and the associated societal response to, to those companies and investment firms, right? And both of those are obviously quite tied together. I'd say probably the, the biggest risk uh, essentially for both of those uh, is that we're currently not seeing a huge amount of activity in, in terms of actually trying to tackle climate change. I think the sort of zeitgeist during the pandemic has changed a lot. People are talking a lot about climate change and there seems to be an increasing amount of societal awareness. I think if we look at the kind of trajectories that, that we would need to take to, to stay anywhere of what might be deemed a quote unquote safer sort of level, maybe you know 1.5 degrees, 2 degrees warming, where we're nowhere near, near that trajectory or we're massively overshooting it, which means that the kind of physical risks um, and the physical changes that we're increasingly seeing are only going to get worse and worse. And unfortunately with the climate, it's a very complex system. It's, it's quite non-linear we don't as, as, as great as climate models are and as great as, as the science behind it is uh, we don't fully understand the complexity of how that works and there's a very real danger that a lot of these impacts can happen quite suddenly and we might not even know when we've kind of reached them uh, so the climate system might go from 
what's been a relatively stable state for the past 10,000 years to something completely different uh, where human society has, has never been in the past. And honestly, that would have enormous implications for companies from supply chain disruption to operational disrupt disruption. Or for example, on that physical risk side, uh, in the auto manufacturing sector, there's a, there's a very large concentration of, of certain core parts that are made in the Mekong Delta uh, that's incredibly prone to flooding. Uh, if, if that goes, the, the whole industry would be disrupted for potentially years something similar to you know as we've seen with the supply chain disruption under COVID the longer we wait the worse that's going to get uh to the point that you know where we're really talking about existential crises to the continuance of of our civilization going on forward I think part of that also is is the longer the wait the longer we wait probably the more likely is we're going to have to hit the brakes down quite hard. So for the institutions that are probably thinking about this now, uh, yes, they might face sort of uh, immediate pain in terms of, of trying to realign their operations and think about current risks and opportunities from the low carbon transition. But uh, inevitably, as with, you know, uh, the cancer patient that uh, stops cigarettes, uh, it, it's painful at the beginning. But if you continue smoking, it's going to be a lot more painful down the road. And if we ha- have to hit those brakes later on down the line, that disruption could be quite significant and could really question um, the continued existence of of some of these uh, business activities and and operations. How would you propose that we manage these risks? That is a very good question, and I think that's probably quite uh, a a multi-layered answer, Uh, and I obviously would have to think of of the bespoke context of of any business or society or city or or individual and what these, these risks might look like in those individual contexts. Um, but I think as a, as, a, as a kind of short answer uh, at, at the very beginning, as, as kind of one word would be stop. I mean, we have, to, we have to immediately, quite rapidly stop a lot of the activities that we're engaging in that are putting quite high concentrations of, of greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. I said, you know, the more greenhouse gases we put into the atmosphere, the more likely is we're going to get quite a surprising and potentially quite a bad combination uh, coming out of, of quite a complex system. We, we really are playing with fire here in a lot of ways, and we don't know how, how that fire behaves fully, and it could have very unpredictable and, and very uncertain consequences. A little like, you know, playing Russian roulette with a gun where we don't know how many bullets there are, but we just keep on keep on pressing that trigger. Probably the best thing is to 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 put that gun down at that point. Uh, and then here translating that analogy to emissions, it really would be reducing emissions as, as fast as possible. At the same time, we have to recognize that the climate system has changed. A lot of those impacts are locked in. Even if we stopped emissions today, the climate is going to continue on changing for the next 20 to 30 years. Uh, there's a certain inertia in the climate system. We do have to start thinking about adaptation measures, be that higher seawalls in some jurisdictions, be that more drought-resistant crops, etc. Again, it's, it's all quite contextual, uh, but we, we need to kind of take this forward-looking mentality of, of how do we uh, adapt to, to a changing climate and what are the, the kind of immediate measures that, that we need to take place? And that will obviously depend hugely on, uh, on, on the jurisdiction that you're talking about. Uh, but I guess kind of the, the element that ties all of these things together is, is much more forward looking thinking, if you will, and thinking about what an unpredictable future might look like. And maybe taking a little bit of a precautionary principle toward that, if you will. So what specifically are the financial risks of climate change? Good question. Um, they're quite multifaceted. 
again here as well, and it'll, it'll depend on the kind of financial activity uh, that you're engaging in. If you're a multilateral development bank working in development finance, they might be a little bit different as they are to say, for example, your pension fund, or if you're a very specialist asset manager investing in purely energy, uh, they might be a little bit different as to they are to like a huge institution uh, like BlackRock, for example, it's a, a massive universal investor. Uh, so again, even though there might be similar themes, these, these, these will be quite quite specific to, to certain institutions. But uh, largely, when, when we talk about these risks, we, we broadly categorize them uh, in, into transition and fiscal risks, I think, as, as we talked about. Uh, and, and both of those generally drive quite traditional risk elements. So in, the, in, in finance, when we talk about single institutions, we talk about elements such as uh, credit risk, for example. The idea of, of is if you, if you give a, a loan out to a company, are you, are you going to uh, get your money back from that? Uh, liquidity risk, is there a market for the investments that you're, you're dealing in? You know, can you match a, a borrower with a seller? Uh, climate change exacerbates uh, a lot of these risks uh, and they'll operate quite differently on, on an institutional level as to, to the whole financial level. So, for example, increasingly globally, a lot of the regulators are quite concerned that climate change could affect the wholesale stability of the financial system. Individually, for example, if, if we hit a scenario where we might uh, hit the brakes at, at some point down the line, we might find ourselves in a similar situation as we were in 2007, 2008, where there's quite rapid depreciation in the value of, of certain investments that could create a sort of cascading panic and quite a, a severe reaction in the financial markets. Uh, people talk of a little bit of a Minsky moment idea. This could cause a potentially quite a severe financial crisis that could threaten um, the stability of, of the financial system. Uh, similarly, some of those physical risks could really affect the credit quality of, of a lot of institutions. So say, for example, if you're investing in, in an auto manufacturer and you haven't priced in the risks of, of that supply chain, perhaps that flood in the Mekong Delta, you just simply don't see it coming. A lot of your investments uh, could be rendered worthless down the line. So there are really a multitude of, of different investment risks. And, and climate change has often been uh, kind of described as a, a catalyzer, kind of an exacerbator of, of a lot of the, the existing risk categories. And what we talk about our clients is really have, how is climate change going to change a lot of those risks that you're currently already evaluating today? Uh, and what would that look like under various different future scenarios? So what do you think are the financial risks that could arise from trying to mitigate climate change? No, uh, again, this is a, quite a good question. Uh, there's a um, there's a, a set of guidance uh, from an institution called the Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosures. If you work in the space of climate risk, this is a little bit like the Bible of climate risk, if you will. Uh, it's been set up by the... Uh, the closest thing we have to a uh, to global regulator, the Financial Stability Board, Mark Carney, the former head of the Bank of England, is, is quite closely involved with this and is, is, is heading this project. They categorize these, these so-called transition risks or the, the risks emerging from a, from a low carbon economy into, into four different components markets, uh, technology, reputation, policy, and legal. So essentially some of those risks could be, for example, a, uh, a, a policy shift increasingly away from high carbon energy industries uh, to, to renewables, for example. Uh, that could leave a lot of assets stranded. Uh, we've got a lot of investments and, and, and an increasing amount of investments today, actually, 
uh, flowing into, into oil and gas projects. Uh, capital expenditure, so the amount of money being poured into new projects is only increasing in the oil and gas sector at the moment. As much as a lot of these institutions like to talk about their net zero commi commitments, they're increasing more and more money uh, in, into getting uh, fossil fuels out of the ground. And there's a serious risk that those investments could become worthless down the line if we see quite rapid policy shifts. There are technology risks uh, in, in certain instances, uh, new technologies. So for example, the uptake of, of electric vehicles could leave uh, some, some of those old fossil fuel guzzlers uh, stranded equally as well, or renewable energy in, in some jurisdictions is becoming quite cheap. It's increasingly starting to, to compete against uh, older forms of, of power generation. So again, that sort of technology element plays, plays into it. There are all sorts of market risks, everything from uh, supply chain disruption to thinking about is your institution going to be able to uh, to have a market to, to sell its products to, right? So for example, we're seeing consumer shifts in, in dietary preferences. People are increasingly thinking about shifting to, to lower carbon diets. That could pose transition risks, say, for example, to a large beef company in Brazil, quite closely linked to, to deforestation, for example. Uh, and then finally, that reputational component of where, where consumers or just the, the, the reputation and the social license to operate of a company might just get so fundamentally tarnished that it, it almost kind of becomes into, into disrepute that could have quite serious uh, financial uh, consequences, say, through, for example, due to consumer boycotts. Uh, or lawsuits and, and litigation. So looking into the future, where do you see the planet in, say, 50 years? See it more sustainable, less sustainable? What do you think? Hmm. I would probably say more uncertain. I don't want to say more or less sustainable. I think whatever happens now is we know through um, the climate models of that some of these impacts are, are locked in. Climate scientists and, and this industry like to think of, of various different emissions trajectories. Often talk, we talk about RCP scenarios, representative concentration pathways, uh, and, and the climate models sort of look at the 30-year uh, time horizons. In, in that sort of next 30-year time horizon going up to about the middle of the century, unfortunately, uh, quite a lot of those impacts are quite widely locked in uh, to a degree. So in, in that sense, it's definitely going to be more unsustainable, if you will. Um, the next 10 years or so will be critical as to, to whether we start taking a, a, a different kind of trajectory and hopefully uh, mitigating those, those worst consequences uh, of, of climate change. Uh, and, and hopefully we'd, you know, the, the kind of impact of that would start to, to pay off by, by the middle of the century. Uh, I think the world is going to get much more uncertain. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. You know, if, if one of the things that we've seen coming out of the pandemic is, is things can, can change very fast. The social system and the kind of planetary system is, is quite complex, it's quite dynamic, it can change very rapidly, very strange things can happen, you can be got caught completely off guard uh, by all sorts of surprises, and I think that's the kind of philosophy that we need to uh, to take as where we're going on into the future to understand that perhaps some of the old certainties and, and a lot of the thinking that we held in the past might no longer hold true uh, as we're going out into the future and how to think about a world that's increasingly more radically uncertain, if you will. Do you think there's currently any irreversible damage to the climate? It depends on what we mean by irreversible. If, if we took radical measures right now, we could probably start getting ourselves at least closer to a, to a much safer uh, emissions pathway. That would require drastic changes in our socioeconomic system. It would entail huge disruption and to business as usual. We're probably talking about 9 to 10% year-on-year emissions cuts at the moment. Uh, so as a, as a kind of perspective, 
during COVID, our emissions globally cut back about 7%. And that was with everybody, you know, staying home and under, under strict lockdowns and whatnot. So if we were to get under that pathway, we could probably avoid the worst of these damages. And again, with a climate system, we're not just talking about the climate. We have to think about the Earth system as a whole, how the climate relates to the biodiversity, for example, or how it relates to the carbon cycle, uh, the hydrological bodies, etc. right? So, so not only would we need to stop the, the impact on the climate, we need to think about all these other systems, right, and, and kind of aligning them so then with a, a better trajectory. Uh, the longer we wait, the more likely it is that we'll see some sort of irreversible damage uh, or the real danger of, of cascading tipping points where, for example, the Arctic ice goes or the Amazon jungle becomes a net emitter rather than uh, a net sequestration of, of carbon dioxide and that could lead to some uh, very nasty surprises down the line. So I guess I would potentially uh, think about preparing for the worst and, and the worst case scenarios and at the same time I would do my best to to you know try and stay on a, uh, a planetarily and, and socially desirable pathway. TQ highlights trusted experts with immutable proof of their skills. They are launching Cupedia, the free encyclopedia of quizzes. Learn how you can become a member, contribute quizzes or donate at tq.com.